why do we have this capacity for faith? Why do we have this hope, you know, and this looking towards the future? And I think it is in order to create things like artworks. It is in order to evolve like humanity, but I think it's finite. You, you don't have like an endless amount of faith. I think you have a sort of limited amount. And I think if we spend it in the wrong direction, then we won't have enough faith left to create great artworks. There's no question that if you create a play, you have to have the faith that believes in it. And if you lose your faith, then you lose your faith in art as well. That was Alison Rockband, Artistic Director of Travesty Theatre, and currently studying a PhD in Esoteric Theatre at the University of Exeter. Hi. My name's Zach Polanski, and I'm an artist. I'd never truly considered before the idea that creating a piece of art is an act of faith, yet Alison's words really resonated. Over this podcast on Things Unseen, I'm going to be exploring some of these questions around the mystical and seemingly inseparable relationship between faith, art, and the unknown. I'll be talking to those who describe themselves as religious in the traditional sense, and also those who actively avoid any label at all. Beginning with Alison, she recently cast me in a play by Alexander Nye called The Son of Man. It was there that I started to ask deeper questions about why we create art and how it can serve as a tool to explore questions of things unseen. So Alison, could you tell us what this new play is all about, please? The Son of Man is an atheist or agnostic approach to the biblical story of the birth and origin of Jesus sort of the making of Jesus. It's set in the teenage years, which we don't know very much about, sort of a mystery in the lifetime of Jesus. So it's taking a look at an unknown aspect to the life of Jesus and asking sort of more modern questions about uh, what was his actual origin. And the playwright, Alex, is an atheist. And with those more modern questions, what kind of conclusions do the characters make? It's a good question. I think some of them are questioning, for instance, why why one god versus many gods? So there is a sort of dilemma in the play with some of the characters who are coming from Greco-Roman pagan practices and then going, for instance, into the Middle East and seeing what's developing there, which is a monotheism. And so there are some divergent viewpoints among the characters saying, well, what's the difference of having more than one god? What's difference between Zeus and Yahweh, you know, the Jewish God. Why do we only have to have one? So doesn't it seem like a curious decision for you to be involved with an atheist play? From my perspective and from the perspective of a lot of people involved in occultism, faith is not really an aspect that is necessarily so prominent. So in order to practice an esoteric practice or take part in an esoteric ritual, people have a belief, but it's more they have knowledge. So in terms of faith, faith to me is something which separates me from a higher spiritual power. Between me and that power, there's faith. Whereas in an esoteric practice and in the way I practice myself spiritually is more of a connection or an interaction. So it's not that I have faith in it. It's that I actually interact with it in some way, energetically speak to it or know it. So faith is not necessary. So that's why I'm interested in an atheist play, because I actually feel as though uh, man's faith in God replaces man's faith in man. And I absolutely believe that we do need faith. 
but I believe that we need faith towards artworks. We need to save our faith, as it were, and not direct it towards gods, which don't require faith, but we need to have faith and we need to spend that faith in creating artwork. When you create an artwork, you absolutely need to have a faith in it because it doesn't exist yet. You have an idea and all these people need to have faith and belief in that invisible and imaginary object, art object, in order for it to be created. And what is it that you feel like art's doing for the world that maybe traditional religion isn't? Art doesn't offer any answers. Religion is very binary. You are either part of it or you are not part of it. You either are saved by it or you are not saved by it. Art offers not this binary black and white way of thinking, but a level of contemplation, self-reflection. I don't think we have any hope or chance for peace unless we have art as more of a god and religion as something you know that we only view personally. I think art needs to be made into something much more much more important in the culture in order for culture to continue to thrive. It's Sunday, January 11th, just days after the recent terrorist attacks in Paris. World leaders convene today to walk in solidarity, thrust into the limelight of these very complicated questions of faith, art, and the freedom of expression. I've come to Islington, to Harecourt United Reformed Church, to speak to Reverend Vaughan Jones, so if I can start off by your sermon this morning, you were talking about artwork can create a deeper understanding of society. How does religion do that? Well, I think, first of all, religion is based on myths. And I think it's really important to reclaim that word myths. I don't mean that it's a lie. I mean that it's an overarching story into which we can begin to reflect on our own lives and our own situation and our story. So religion itself is a narrative. Whichever faith you are, you've got a story to lock into. And you have a common story by which you can talk and debate and discuss with people of the same faith who accept that same story. So that story throughout history has been told in a variety of ways. It's been told through art, through painting, through music, through drama. And people have always found ways of taking the sacred narrative and changing it, if you like, into a form which is accessible to people in a contemporary way. The idea, I think, being that you actually move into that story and become part of it and actually begin to make that story the story that works for you and your life and therefore your ethical choices that you make. Is there a danger if we spend too much time invested in stories, though, or putting our faith in stories, we lose our faith in that? I think the real danger is that you turn those into doctrine and then forget the story because doctrine is much harder to engage with because you engage purely on an intellectual level with doctrine. Religion always has to be experiential, first of all, and then you can create the intellectual framework from it, the doctrine, at a later point. If I can give an example, this morning, because of the events that have recently taken place, we were focusing on our interrelationship between the Jewish community, the Muslim community and Christian community. What I said was that we were children of the same parents. You know, Abraham, Sarah and Hagar are our parents, mothers and fathers in faith. Therefore, we are together. I could have started by talking about the differences between the Trinitarian view of God and the Muslim view and the, you know, the monotheistic view of Judaism. I could have talked about that at a doctrinal level and I would be talking about our differences. But by referring back to the original story, 
I talked about our common humanity. One of the members of the congregation afterwards, who's Nigerian, who is worried about her own family at the moment in, in Nigeria, said, you're right, we are children of the same parents. And why is it important to engage with people at a creative level in terms of faith? Well, I think as a Christian, it goes to the core of our understanding of God, who is the creator. And if God is creator, then we are not just creatures, but we are endowed with creativity as well. And that is fundamental to the human condition. So if you take Adam and Eve, they were given the job of naming the animals. You know, they were naming creation. It is the responsibility of humanity to create our own world and spirit endowed, but that responsibility is given to us and that's the essence of my understanding of God. I mean, isn't it, there's a God up there who looks down and pulls the strings and tells us what to do. It's an acceptance that there is something universal which is a creative energy and we're part of it, we're connected to it and therefore need the space to be creative. And I think a lot of the issues in the world are because people try and control other people's creativity. We've nearly come to the end of this exploration of art and faith on this edition of Things Unseen. In such a short time, one can only hope to have taken a small glimpse below the surface of the possibilities underneath. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to conclude now with a man who deals in the world of possibilities. With award-winning feature films and the TV series on Channel 4, I caught up with him while he's writing his new musical. Ricky Beadle Blair has made storytelling his life. I'd like to leave you finally now with his thoughts on how much faith we should place in art, and in particular, in the world of storytelling. You can only place faith in stories when you have faith in the storyteller. If each of us individually takes it upon ourselves to tell the truth as we see it in our stories, then eventually something close to a universal truth will be reached, though never completely agreed upon, which is healthy. Everything you do is part of the story of humanity. Each one of us is part of that story. And so how we wake up and go to sleep and everything we do in between. The idea is that you live the most sincere, ethical, impassioned, honest story that you can and you contribute to a trustworthy story for us all.